2: Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting.
0: Brought to you by Dext.
1: And a special shout out to one of our new commercial sponsors for this podcast. It's ProNation. Martin, this is a really exciting game changer in the accounting world.
2: Yeah, the buzz right now from accounting community perspective. So we're not short of accounting communities. So what's going on here? And the three heads is better than one approach has been taken. And we've got three practitioners here in ProNation who are leading a community for all sizes of firms. And because they are practitioners who have worked with thousands of firms themselves around the world in an advisory capacity, they understand the common frustrations and they have the knowledge from practice growth, to practice technology, to practice systems, to help members step by step break through the barriers of resistance that are holding those practitioners back from building the firm they really want.
1: And let's stand names: Martin, You're talking about Lucy Cohen, Will Farnell, Carl Reader. They're the new breed of influencers coming through. They've graced international stages now. They're owning accounting firms themselves, so they've been there and done it. And this gets around the old problem of one guru, one mentor, my way or no other way. But here we've got perspective and
2: Yeah, I mean three different firms, three different types of firms and brought them into seven figures as well, which is often a very difficult barrier for any sort of for a owner to break so basically what they're saying is that if a practitioner wants more time uh, if they want you know as in discretionary time if they want more money if they want more self confidence and if they want a better team around them or the team they've got to stay longer then that's the sort of support they're going to find and to help them achieve in pronation.
1: Amazing. And we're asking them now to join the nation, Martin aren't they Where can people find out more?
2: Exactly there, obvious. Yes, jointhenation.co.uk. That's jointhenation.co.uk. Gives you all the information you need and gives you a chance to apply to join at a size of firm dependent or size of firm specific level. And this is
1: international as well. So go to
2: jointhenation.co.uk. Take a
1: look at what's on offer there. This is a new community for a new age. Welcome to the Best Practice of Accounting Show, going out every Thursday to thousands of accountants in 150 countries all over. This is the show where we give you practical insights, pragmatic solutions to what really works for you accountants in business and the fintech people that serve them. I'm thrilled to have with me today guest host, Carl Reeder. Carl, you run your own show, you write books, you serve businesses, you're an ambassador for many brands in the small business community, you have the ear of government, and what's on your mind
0: today? It's productivity, isn't it? It absolutely is, Bob. So first of all, thank you very much for that kind intro. And I was um, I was really struck by the title of an article in um, Fast Company magazine, which was all focused around the fact that you can be more productive by working less. It's a great concept. We'll put the link in the show notes for our readers. Carl, uh, why did this strike you? Yeah, I, I just felt hallelujah. People are finally listening. So, as, as you rightly mentioned, I do a fair bit both within the accountancy space, but also outside of the accountancy space. And the glue that kind of holds back together and acts as a bit of a backbone for the content that I um, create on stage when I'm speaking and on video and so on, is actually based on the thinking that goes into my books. And what I've noticed, so my book, Bossit, for example, was a business book but actually any business book of any decent quality um, should actually be fo- focused on the individual reading it, not the business itself. And one of the core problems that everybody has, whether they're employed, whether they're in business, whether they are in the accounting and fintech space, whether they're in the small business space, is that we're all limited by one factor and one factor alone, and that is time. Because we can we can get money. You know, money's out there. If I put a gun to your head, Rob. And said, "It's going to cost you five thousand pounds for me not to pull this trigger. You haven't got it in your bank account. You're going to find it today. You're going to find a way to get that money. It's um, it's within us all. Um, we might feel that opportunities aren't available to us. Um, well, I know, and without wanting to succumb to confirmation bias, but I've not had the best upbringing, and I've made opportunities available for myself. Many others with much tougher obstacles in their way. Um, you know, be it race, be it disability, and so on, have also done the same." So those those things are open to us. But one parameter that none of us can change is time. And the problem we've got is that time is a very fine balance. And often in business, we tend to um, devote ourselves to our business with the misguided notion that working harder and working longer is working better. And you've spoken about the hustle culture recently, Carl, and this, this adherence to the 30,
1: 40, 50 hour work week, and you've got to do more to get on.
0: This is it. And my eyes were opened by a guy called Tim Ferris in the 4-Hour Workweek. Um, cracking book, which I'd recommend to anybody to read. And my eyes were really open, that actually, look, there's a different way of living. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that the title is clickbait. You know, clickbait wasn't a thing back when I read it. The title is clickbait because Tim works more than 4 hours a week. It's, it's really obvious. But what he was talking about was that he has four hours devoted to his business. However, the techniques that lead him to that also allow him to improve his health, to uh, focus on his family and relationships and so on. So, So yeah, I guess that this article, and just to summarize my intro statement on this, Rob, this article is a call to action for us to think about the other stuff around our work life and the importance of managing our health, managing our energy levels, et cetera, so that we can be the best we can be when we're working. And this article in Fast Company, it talks
1: about the five kinds of work that people do. Let's just read these out, Carl. Transmitting information within the company, meetings, emails, calls. Then engaging with customers and clients. The third is developing work products, so that's reports, orders, coding, analysis. The fourth is ideation, I guess. That's innovation and, and strategizing. Then and the fifth is enhancing knowledge and skills. And the article points out that proportion of time that people are spending on the first of these elements—that's the transmitting information, the meetings, the emails, the calls—has been grown substantially, and now that takes up the brunt of our working week. And that's not chargeable, is it, really?
0: No, it's not. But but I'm going to dismiss the notion of chargeability in a moment as well. So watch with space. Um, so I say I felt the article title was phenomenal. I didn't think the article was up to much in truth. And um, this is this is am going to expand on it. But look, I. I tend to spend my time, and I spend a lot of time at work. You know, I almost feel like a bit of a hypocrite saying, but we shouldn't be working. but I spend the majority of my time within segment four, ideation, creation, coming up with ideas, etc., And um, that exploration to see what's next. The way that I um, tend to refer to my time is that I would much rather have a thousand pound moment than a 200 pound hour. Okay, so that dismisses the notion of chargeability. The value that I bring So any business I'm involved with isn't £200 for the hour of my time as it used to be 10, 15 years ago, okay? That's that's not, it's not the hour of time that is the value because quite frankly, that's work that almost certainly could be delegated, could be passed sideways, et cetera, et cetera. It's no fun and adds no real value to my business apart from the ability to raise a fee note for that amount and then pay me a proportion of that amount. Okay, simple as that. A thousand pound moment, however, I can't guarantee them, I can't record them on timesheets, I can't plan for them, I can't budget them. But if there's a thousand pound moment where I can add a dose of inspiration, I can add a bit of guidance, wise words to help more people than me do something, that's a a thousand pound moment. So even if we take my keynotes, you know, uh, when I'm delivering a keynote, let, let's say I'm paid £5,000 for a keynote, which is kind of an average speaking thing. Um, If I'm paid £5,000 for a keynote, that £5,000 hour isn't an hour's work. Actually, the value of that keynote is comprised of a number of £1,000 moments for the audience. And I hope the value equation is actually that there's thirty or £40,000 moments for an audience of 500 people, 1,000 people. That's the true value that I look to deliver rather than the chargeability element of it. So I think part of it is about reframing the importance, but to be able to deliver 1,000-pound moments, you have to actively move away from the 200-pound hours. Now, I know that if any accountants in practice are listening to this, think, oh my, God, who's going to do this work? How am I going to hit my targets? And it's a process. You have to engineer that process to get to a point where you're so invaluable, but you can justify to yourself to your family, to your team members, to your colleagues, to your superiors, if you have any, um, to vote who report to you, but you actually are better placed in that position of providing 1000 pound moments, and that takes time. It takes learning, it takes working at your craft, but it also takes balance, because you simply cannot do this stuff if you're swamped in client work, you're swamped with people calling you and deadlines and so on. You just haven't got the clear space to be able to work on those 1,000-pound moments. It's a bit like an iceberg. You can see the very tip of it, which is the 1,000-pound moment. That's the precious jewel at the top. All the stuff underneath is actually what you need to do over a period of 10, 20 years to get to that point of being able to do it. Yeah, that's very
1: good, Carl. And the essence of this article, which is written by Art Markman, he's a PhD professor of psychology, human dimensions of organisations at the University of Texas at Austin. Obviously a cleverer guy than you and I. But he is talking about, let's be future-focused with growth. Let's spend more time on the idea creation. And if you stand at the bottom of the tree and look up as an accountant, you'll see that the people higher up in the tree, they are the opportunity creators. They are the work getters. They're the revenue sources. They're just not churning out chargeable hours. These are the ones that are thinking of ways to do what we do better.
0: I I, I would like to agree with that with accounting firms, but I don't believe (laughs) they are. Um, I would, I would agree that we need to be focused on ideation. I think that we can go off in a number of areas here. So I'm going to try and summarise this as cleanly as possible. First things first, we need to reduce that type one activity. So meetings, communication, etc. And find more effective ways to work. So rule number one, emails are not instant messages. We need to lose our slavery to our inbox. And I've got a YouTube channel which you'll be able to find and I've shared the tools that I use for email management within that. So I'm sure Bob will put a link in the description for this. Um, so we need to control the way that we're using Teams, Slack, email, WhatsApp, and all of these other methods of communication so that it works for us productively rather than us working for other people. Secondly, we need to make sure that we don't fall into the pandemic culture of Zoom meetings. Now, I'm sure that all the listeners will have a, um, have a tinge of resonance and possibly also feel guilty about doing this themselves, where what used to be a five-minute phone call is now a one-hour Teams meeting because that's the standard time block, or a half hour if you use Calendly or, or whatever. A standard time block, and at the end of it, when you've made small talk and had a load of nonsense and fluff, let's be honest, for something that could have been dealt with in a couple of minutes, Somebody has the nerve to say, well, I'll give you five minutes back in your day. Yeah, thanks, mate, after you've taken 55 minutes, but didn't need to be taken. So that's the second trap. Um, the third one is the, um, the necessity of inclusion in these tasks. It ten- we, Again, during pandemic, and I believe it's as, an, a, as a way of making feel connected in a virtual space. We've tended to grow the sizes of meetings and email chains and so on. Again, that needs to so there's loads of stuff that we can do. Yeah, that certainly isn't a limited list, but we need to reduce down part one of this. But then secondly, with ideation, we as accountants aren't historically known for ideation and that way of thinking it. It's a different side of the brain and all of this stuff is that's far too complex for me to go into because let's be honest, I've heard of it superficially, but I don't know the details. But it's the creative side of what we do. The problem, however is that there's been a desire within the accounting world to be seen as innovative, to be seen as the innovator. And the problem is that ideation is different from innovation, which is different from implementation. It's actually the marriage of ideation and implementation. So we need to remember that. And we also need to remember if innovation is the path that we're looking to go down, rather than simply ideation, we need to remember that there's four different types of innovation as well. And top tip, guys. Buying some licenses from a software provider isn't innovation. It isn't. It doesn't make you innovative. Everyone's doing it. So you've got sustaining innovation, which is typically research and trying to understand the field that you're in. You've got disruptive. You've got breakthroughs. So there's there's all these different types of innovation. And there's a great matrix, which, again, I'm sure that will pop in the um, in the uh, notes to the show, but actually sets out the different types of innovation, how to approach them, And when you should focus on them based on your knowledge of what it is you're trying to achieve and how you're trying to achieve it. So, um, Rob, if you can put that in the notes, that would be fantastic. We need to know where we sit on that. Are we looking to be an implementer, which is what most accountants are when they perceive themselves to be innovative? Are you looking to be an innovator, which is a unique combination of skills? But rest assured, even companies like IBM were innovators, but it was just sustaining innovation, it was research. Universities of innovators from that perspective. Or is it ideation, coming up with big ideas for somebody else to implement and then in turn innovate? So I think we need to be clear on what it is we're trying to achieve from ideation, um, where we're going with it, and how we set ourselves best up for success. Which again brings me back to the title of this article, which is that ultimately we need to have that headspace and we need to be in our prime fighting condition to be able to do this stuff. It's not the kind of thing we could squeeze in for 15 minutes between two Zoom meetings. Carl,
1: this is uh, challenging for accountants. I'm going to ask you in a minute just to sum up and give some practical words of wisdom for accountants to get them to lift their heads up and be less tactical in a way and more strategic and and wider thinking. Let me just read the last paragraph of this piece in Fast Company. It says, the fact is you never know where your next great idea is going to come from. You'll only know that you needed expertise in, in that area after you discovered it was relevant to the project you're working on. Working long hours has an opportunity cost some of that time could be spent on other experiences that may well feed back into your future productivity. Essentially, work less, be more productive.
0: Yes. So as accountants, again, we fall into a trap of trying to work out how to do things. And a fantastic book, which I'm sure many of the listeners would have read. Is that something else I need to put in the show notes, Carl? It will be. It's a book called Who Not How. And it sets out the, the very simple concept. And in fact, I've summed it up just by saying the title, uh, finding who can do something rather than how to do it. And I believe for those not watching on YouTube, Rob is just showing it on the screen by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Fantastic book. So often when we're when we're in the woods and we're working on something, we struggle to take that helicopter view and just see the reality. But it's better to get somebody else to just do this stuff and sort it out. So so yeah, it's um, it's absolutely vital, but we, yeah, we we try and put ourselves in the best possible position for this. But again, I wanna come back to, I guess, a key tip on this. We don't need necessarily to be the ideation on this. Um, if let's say we're looking to make a dramatic difference in our business as a leader, and Rob, you asked me to give some guidance on strategic thinking and so on, follow a produced template, follow a system, so it might be that you decide to follow um, Scaling Up by Vern Harnish or Traction by Gina Wickman. Follow a system that's already been ideated and all you need to do is implement. That tends to be a much more comfortable place for the councils to sit. By focusing on that, that will make a difference if you're looking at creating a strategy and forward thinking. If you want to be for one to do of ideation, go ahead and do it. But please don't fool yourself that you're an innovator if you're not. I'm not an innovator. Um, most accountants aren't. And if I was to look at social media noise, they would beg to differ. They believe they're innovating. How many have actually created something themselves brand new? Not very many. What we're good at as a profession, generally speaking, is implementation. Yeah, this is great, Carl. And the key message I'm
1: taking away is business is the enemy of mental well-being and innovation and, and creating ideas and thinking strategically. A lot for our accounting audience to consider there, but thanks so much Carl for your insights and your passion today.
2: Accounting Influences Broadcast Network presents best practice in accounting, leading the discussion on firms
0: that are standing out, winning work and becoming the top performers in the accounting of FinTech world.
2: Brought to you by Dex.